All right. Well, I'd like you to, as we usually do, grab our Bibles and stand to our feet, if you would, with me this evening. And let's go ahead and repeat these words after me. Believe the words coming out of your mouth. This is our declaration tonight. Say, Father in heaven, heaven. thank you for this word. word. It is the absolute truth, truth. and I believe it. It It is your personal love letter to me, me. and I receive it. it. It's the answer to my questions questions. and the answer to the world's issues. issues. Lord, Lord, tonight... My ears are ready to hear your word. My heart is ready to receive your word. And I, by faith, am ready to be a doer of the word. In Jesus' name, no matter what comes my way. Now, Father, as we come to you tonight and we open up your word, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing. And acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I pray that I would only say what you would have me say tonight. And that I would only do what you would have me do. We ask these things together as one body in Christ Jesus. No division, no strife, envy among us. And all who agreed said, Amen. 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 As you have a seat tonight, you don't have to wait for me to say sit down. (laughs) Some people... It's a good audience. This is great. As you have a seat tonight, would you open up your Bibles, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians. In the book of 2 Corinthians, I'd like you to go to the first chapter, verse 3, and when you get there, just shout at me and say, I got it. I got it. Okay, you guys are fast. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul writes and says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, if it is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble which, we came, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above our strength, so that we despaired even for our lives. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in the God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and does deliver us, and whom we trust that he shall still deliver us. I want to bring you back to verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Tonight, I don't know where you are. I don't know what it is that you have gone through. I don't know where you are right now or what it is that you'll go through. But I want to declare to you tonight that God can and will and is the God of comfort for you wherever you find yourself right now. 
We all go through various trials and tribulations in this life. And sometimes we wonder why. Why is this happening? What's going on? But we see in Psalm 91 that God says, I will be with you in trouble. And I will deliver you and honor you. And with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Whatever it is that you're facing tonight, or in preparation for what you'll face in the future, our God is the God of all comfort, not only for us, but the scripture says here that he comforts us so that we in turn as his children, as his ambassadors, can comfort others in any trouble, in any trouble. How can we relate to people and how can we know and really understand where they're coming from if we ourselves haven't gone through, haven't gone through, I'm not saying we stop, but haven't gone through and experienced the comfort and the love that God has brought to us. It's easy to talk it. It really is. It's easy to open up the scripture and say, okay, I know you're going through that right now, but hold on. But it's another story altogether. To wrap your arm around the person and come near them as God has done for you and to you and I. And to be there to comfort and console them. But we first have to experience that comfort for ourselves. We know we can't give what we don't have. So how does God comfort us? It's easy to talk about, okay, God is our comfort. But what does that actually mean? I want to take you back to the book of Psalms, Psalm 34. In Psalm 34, you can go over to verse 15. The psalmist writes here about the happiness of those who trust in God. What did I say, verse 15? Yes, please. Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. When you're crying out and you feel like God has not heard your prayer... I was talking with somebody today, and they say, every time I pray, I feel like it's falling on deaf ears. The enemy's whispering in our ears sometimes that God hasn't heard your prayer. But the scripture promises us right here that his ear is not just there. He's not just there, but his ear is attentive. That means it is attuned to you. His ear is attentive to the cry of the righteous. Let's keep reading here. And the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off their remembrance from the earth. Verse 17, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. Here's the part we need to see tonight, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but... The Lord delivers him out of them all. As we begin tonight, and we talk about this God of all comfort, we have to first understand that we have to get to know this God of comfort. And one of the best ways to do that is when we're going through a trial. And you know what? We always have two options. When a trial comes, we have two options. And you know them as well as I do. We can either run from God, and we become bitter, we become angry, We wonder why he has left us and we have run from him. Or we can press in, though we don't understand sometimes. We can turn to him 
and run to him. And when we do, in those dark times, as the psalmist writes here, it is then in that low point that we cry out and we experience the comfort that only God himself can comfort us with. Because he knows. Jesus said in the book of Luke that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has, he has uh, called me to set at captive, to set free those who are captive. For, proclaim sight to the blind. That is the ministry. He's the only one that can heal the brokenhearted. He's the only one that can fix the pain. You and I, we can relate to one another on human levels, but God is the only one that can go in supernaturally and spiritually and surgically remove the pain and the hurt in the midst of the dark times. Hallelujah. He's the only one that can do that. He's the only one. And if we allow ourselves, if we go through that time, I know when we, when we hit those times, our first question is, Why? Why, God? Why? We all do it. And it's at that moment that we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. We're either going to let that why question rule us, or we're going to press in. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but you can be of good cheer because I overcame the world. I have overcome the world. And so we can't run from God, even if our questions aren't answered, even if we feel like we're crying out. He has heard us, and he is with us, and he is our comfort, and he is our consolation. As Christians sometimes, well, not just as Christians, as humans, we can be so selfish, and we get so excited about all that God has done for us, and God has done this, and God has done that. But if we go back to what we first read, God doesn't just do it for you and me. The whole reason he comforts us, the whole reason he blesses us, the whole reason he has empowered us is to do what Pastor Ray said, to go fishing and to be there for one another. Rather than tearing each other down when we're going through things or, you know, uh, you know uh, judging each other's faith, who are we to judge another man's servant? We all go through things and we all fall short in many ways. And it's when we have been touched. It's when we have gone through and we can understand where somebody else is. That we can come alongside them and comfort them as God has comforted us. Otherwise, we're out there just pointing the finger sometimes. God's comfort is something that goes beyond words. Uh, When I was a kid and I was growing up, and I'm still growing up as you are too. I always have to throw that in there. But when I was a real young kid, when I was a child, my mom always knew when I was having a bad day. I just, moms have like this sense, you know, it is like supernatural, super spiritual radar. They just know everything that's going on. You can't hide anything, you know, and she just knew, she always knew that I was having a bad day. And I remember this one time walking through the front door. My mom was just reclining on the couch, relaxing. She's got her blanket and she could just tell. I don't even know that I said anything, but she could just tell that I was having a real bad day. She didn't say anything. All she said was, Kurt, you look like you need a hug. Come over here. And she embraced me and didn't say a thing. And it was in that moment, without words, that she communicated love and comfort to me. God has that very same, if not more, power 
to be able to pull us close in those dark times and say, I know that you're hurting, but I'm with you in trouble. I will deliver you. I will honor you. With long life, I will satisfy you. And as we experience that, we can know how to do that for others. God has come close to us, we know, through Jesus. If you follow me over to the book of Hebrews. I love just meditating on this because it's so important to realize in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. By the way, my mom still knows when I need a hug, when I'm having a bad day. And my wife has picked up on that as well, giving you a hug. It's great. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, we see that God can really relate to what we're going through. You know, that, that's so important for us as humans on this earth to understand that this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-great God can relate to us as human beings. In many other cultures and many other religions, it is so wrong to, uh, to believe that God would come off of his throne and come down for petty human beings. But your God and my God has come that close to us. He has come for us because of his great love for us. He has communicated that to us. I mean, we have an awesome, an awesome God that he would love us that much. And the scripture shows us right here that he has been touched with our weakness. And he has been touched with our infirmity. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. What does that mean? That means that he has gone from his throne in glory Pass through the heavens to this humble earth where man has betrayed him. And Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Why? Because we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. Now, for those of you who would like to be scholars, that's a double negative. And what does a double negative mean? Positive. So that means we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weakness. Because he's been touched. He's put on our human flesh. He knows what it's like. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Wherever you find yourself tonight, be encouraged. Because God is your deliverer. And God is your comforter. You might feel alone and in despair. And it's in that dark time as you cry out that you will experience the love of the Father like never before. We don't like those hard times. We don't like those valleys. But the truth is, you know as well as I do, we all go through. We all go through. And we have to make that choice. And what's beautiful is that if we hold on and we make that choice to go through the valley and we experience the comfort of God, we then have been touched like Jesus to go out and do the ministry that he has called us to do. People can't relate to us if we haven't been touched that way. If we haven't experienced what it's like to live in this earth. Jesus came that close and he taught us. And he communicated the love of the Father to us. It's interesting, as you read through the Gospels, you see several times throughout the Gospels, the Scripture says that Jesus saw their need, was moved to compassion, and he acted. 
And I remember Pastor John going through a whole series a year or two ago all about seeing the need and being moved to compassion. And you know what? Sometimes that's hard if we haven't gone through an experience and, 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 and gone through a valley and felt that comfort from God. But when we do, then we can see that brother is hurting. That sister is hurting. And I need to go there. And you know what? You don't have to have the words. You know sometimes it's not about the words. It's about putting out your arm, pulling him close, and just loving on them. Because that's what we need sometimes. As I said in the beginning, that we cannot give what we don't have. And so as we go through those valleys and we cling to God and we experience his comfort, we recognize that that comfort is for us, but also for others who are going to be in need. I remember last year when, when my family, my wife and I, experienced a tragedy. You look in the face of that tragedy and you say, how can any good come from this? How does any good ever come from that? But God is a master at taking the things that pain us and hurt us and using them for his glory. He's an absolute master at doing that. And he was with us, and he comforted us, and in a matter of no time at all, he taught us how to turn around and be there for others who were going through the same thing. That's why we're brothers and sisters in Christ We are so desperate for one another in this earth. We need one another here. Two are far better than one. We need each other as we go through these valleys. We need each other. As we talk about the difference between, you know, fully understanding what somebody goes through, the word compassion is interesting because the word compassion, when you look it up, it really could just mean pity or sympathy. And it's one thing to have pity on a person. Oh, man, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. I'm so sorry for what you're experiencing. But it's another thing entirely to have empathy towards somebody. And that's the, ability to be, that's the ability to relate and understand having gone through something similar. To be able to empathize with somebody is to be able to say, I've walked your road before and I've walked in your shoes before and I know what that's like and let me come alongside you as you go down this road let me come alongside you and be a brother and be a sister to to really strengthen you during this time empathy can understand and can relate God's heart is to see people restored to see people whole to see people living fruitful lives and God's desire is to get that heart inside of us That our heart's desire is to see people here within the church, our body, our family, people out there in the world restored to right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Whole, complete, lacking nothing. And fruitful in their lives wherever they they are, whatever it is that they do. Scripture talks about the the ministry of reconciliation. And I want to go to share this with you in 2 Corinthians. As we understand what our ministry is, as we have been touched with these things, if we have experienced valleys and trials and hard times, we see here that the scripture talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 what our ministry is all about. I'm in Romans, that's why that doesn't make sense. All right, 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5, verse 18. 
Let's go to verse 17, a familiar scripture for all of us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Scripture goes on here in verse 19 that says, That is, in other words, reconciliation is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed us to the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I want to pause for a moment and talk about this ministry of reconciliation. I think it's very interesting here in verse 19 that the scripture says that Jesus himself, the one who could judge, and God the Father who could judge, did not impute the iniquity or the trespass to us. Now walk this out with me for a minute. If our ministry is reconciliation, and we have lost and hurting people, and sometimes people inside the church who are still hurting, we can't be pointing out each other's failures and faults We can't be imputing trespasses to people and pointing fingers. Our ministry is the word of reconciliation. Our ministry is the word of reconciliation. What God has done through Jesus Christ, that he sent Jesus, who knew no sin, out of his throne in heaven to become sin. As Pastor talked about, not not just to have sin, but to literally become sin itself for our sakes. And so our ministry that we share with people is that that sin that you're struggling with, that issue that you're dealing with has been paid for. And there's freedom through that and out of that. There is freedom beyond that. The ministry of reconciliation. God's heart is that we would be his ambassadors as his children. That we would be his ambassadors in the world. And that we would see people when they're lost and hurting and not judging them. Not passing judgment because you never know where somebody's coming from. Amen. You don't, we don't know where everyone's coming from. But to be able to look upon them with compassion and empathy. The same thing that God has done for us through Jesus Christ. While we were dead, the Bible says, while we were stuck in our sin, Christ died for us. That's what's going to change the world. That's what's going to change our lost and hurting world. So how do we do that? I love what what Paul writes in the book of Romans. Let me find it. Romans chapter 12, please. Oh, not Romans chapter 12, I'm sorry. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, sorry about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Yes, this is one of my favorite scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. This is such an important scripture. Whether you preach from a pulpit, whether you go to work and preach at work, whether you just live out your life daily in front of people, this is such an important scripture. Here we go. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself servant to all. 
that I might win more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. For those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law, not being without the law toward God, but under the Lord toward Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. God has laid this so heavy on my heart. That we as his children would become what Paul is write about, writing about here. We, we run into so many different people in the course of our life and, and a, daily, a daily schedule. We, we, we meet so many different people. And Lynette Hagen years ago when she was here, she talked about you know, a, allowing herself to be interrupted. And allowing the, the distractions to happen. Because you never know when an opportunity for ministry will avail itself. And Paul says, I've become all things. While you're at work and you're sitting in the cubicle or while you're you're driving the vehicle or sitting in the office, praying, saying, Lord, what is it that I can become to this person next to me? How can I relate to them? How can I relate to them? Because Jesus related to us. God related to us through Jesus Christ. I think sometimes, you know, it's easy to think, oh man, i got to get this person saved. And it's like a project. And maybe, you know, we don't think about it this way, but it may be like a notch on the belt on the people that we've won into the kingdom. But God's heart is that we would have a heart of compassion towards people. That we would see people the way that he sees people. As people who are lost and hurting, sheep without a shepherd. That they need to be restored and they need to be whole. That they need to learn how to live a fruitful life. And the only way to do that is to come and know Jesus. Amen. The Christ. The Son of the living God. The one who paid for that sin that you're stuck in. The only one that can heal your broken heart from that loss. The only one that can fix what's hurting on the inside. That no psychiatrist, no friend, no pill can numb. He's the only one. He's the only one. And he can do that spiritual surgery. And so as we think about the course of our life and the days that we live, we need to be open to become all things to all men, to be interrupted, and to be there for the lost and the hurting, to be there for one another, to be there for each other, and to be there for the world. By this, the world will know that you're my disciples, by the way that you love one another, by the way that you treat one another. We are children of the Most High God called to the ministry of reconciliation. God has empowered us through Jesus Christ to go out there and do what he's called us to do. But it starts right here, friends. It starts with us. Though we are many, we are one body in Christ Jesus. No envy, strife, division among us. Fully united, as Pastor John has taught us extensively, every joint supplying its need, doing what God has called us to do. I thank you for the opportunity to come up here and minister to you tonight. To share with you this God of all comfort. And I want to say this again. Wherever you are right now, God can be your comfort. Whether you are struggling with a sin that is just so difficult to get rid of, God will not only be your comfort, he will be your deliverer. 
Whether you are dealing with a loss in a relationship, a loss, a passing, a pain that is cut straight to your heart that nothing has been able to heal, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. Whether you need reconciliation in a relationship tonight with a lost child or a family member and you need them to come back home, God will be your comfort as you go through that valley and help you bring that child back in to where they belong. Let's pray this evening. Father, I thank you for your word that you have brought forth and deposited in my heart. I pray that I communicated effectively what you have laid on my heart to share. And I thank you for this body of Faith Christian Center. I thank you for each and every member here. Lord, you have a purpose and you have a plan for every individual in this room. Some are lost tonight, feeling abandoned, but you are their comfort. Lord, I pray right now that you would touch every heart and change every life. I pray that you would come with your Holy Spirit and do in a matter of seconds what no man could ever do. Penetrate the very heart and core of us right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Tonight as we continue in prayer, I just want to ask you as we often do, just to search your heart. I was uh, praying with someone today and spending some time with them today and I just realized that so many times we have a hard time receiving from God what we need because we're holding bitterness and unforgiveness on the inside of us. We haven't forgiven people who have hurt and wounded us. And tonight I just want to ask you to search your heart. Is there anyone that you're holding anything against tonight that you need to let go so that you can receive that forgiveness from the Father? Is there any hurt, disappointment, maybe even from God? You feel disappointed and you need to let that go tonight and start fresh. Just take a minute and pray. Ask the Lord, Father, I ask you to search every heart and reveal to us, Lord, the things that we need to let go of right now. Any hurts, any bitterness, any root of bitterness, any unforgiveness that needs to go. Thank you, Lord, that you would reveal that in the name of Jesus. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come down here. I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up in the air so that I can pray with you. Pray for you right where you are. Good. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may put your hands down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, I ask you to move right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as you've touched our heart with areas of unforgiveness and bitterness, that we would let go and forgive right now. In Jesus' name. Now, if you raised your hand, wanted to raise your hand, I just wanted you to say this. Say, I release you. I forgive you. I release that pain and that hurt, unforgiveness and bitterness right now in Jesus' name.
Now, Father, heal the place in the heart. Heal that place in every heart right now. Heal that place and restore. You came to heal the brokenhearted. Heal that place right now in the name of Jesus. Heal that place. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.